Hello, my friends, and welcome back. This is the Angel Face Magic Hour podcast, and I am your host, Grace Lannon. I'm a psychic medium and an energy healer, and today we have an awesome interview coming up for you. And today we're going to be talking all about astrology. So I'm really excited to share this information with you. Astrology is quite the subject So I wanted to have someone on here who could really help us start to dive into those um, those nitty gritty little details on how to look at a birth chart and how to start to begin learning about yourself through the lens of astrology. So astrology can be really complicated or it can be simple and today we want to take that complicated information and make it a little bit more digestible for people like me who are beginners in the realm of astrology and be able to take that information um, from someone who knows a lot more about astrology and share it to all of us so that we can start, yeah, um, like deciphering that information and start looking to sources and start being able to see what about this is exciting to me is this something I want to pursue and understand more astrology is really a language in itself and we do talk about that a little bit on the podcast so it takes a while to be able to really understand what's going on so I wanted to have on Megan so Megan is a close friend of mine Megan Rains and they are an artist and an astrology reader located in Portland um and Megan is really going to break down some of that information for you today. So we are going to be talking mainly about birth charts, natal charts, how to read them, what are the houses, what is the pl- planets in my houses, what does all this mean? Um but we do use my birth chart as an example and I have a bunch of cool sources um, from Megan to share with you and those are going to be in the show notes so if you want to pull up your own birth chart you can use um, the websites we recommended to do so or just google free birth chart Um, but I recommend using the sources Megan shared because they've they've tried a lot of different sources they've read a lot they um have some good recommendations so if you want to pull up your own natal birth slash birth chart to look at while we're having this conversation that might be helpful to you but we use mine as an example this um podcast is also going to be displayed on my youtube channel which i will share the link for this video in the show notes because we are going to be talking about the chart and some of these things are pretty visual to understand. It might help you um, to pull up the YouTube and watch it there or follow along with the video um, if that is helpful to you. And again, pull up your own birth chart and see how this information can um, help you personally. So I'm very excited to share this information with you. Megan and I recorded this podcast a while back, um, a few months ago, and I guess it was sacrificed to Mercury because it totally disappeared. That was the first time I've ever had, um, like an episode just disappear. 
So that was very interesting. So Megan was kind enough to come back and re-record the episode. So we recorded this a few weeks back at the beginning of December. Um, So we do talk about the eclipses a little bit at the end of the episode. And we had just had an eclipse when we recorded this episode. So that information is still pertinent and eclipses come back um, all the time. So I totally advise being able to look at the information and look back a few weeks. Hmm, what was happening for me personally? What was going on for me personally? And Megan does talk a little bit at the beginning about how they are very interested in mon- what they called mundane astrology. So looking at the day-to-day transits, what's going on for you personally. And I think that can be a really amazing way to... um play around with this information but if you are super new to astrology like I am I would just start with the birth chart information that we shared and really just focus on one or two aspects of what we talked about and then go further into the information because it can be quite overwhelming with the amount of information there is and the way it's explained and it's math and it's science and I want it to be understandable for you so that's why I really wanted Megan to explain it to me and I had to ask them like a thousand questions because it helped me personally I learned a lot through this episode so I know that you will too and I suggest um getting your notebook and taking some notes on this information and just really what struck you if you were like oh wow um I want to learn more about my third house or what planets I have in my fifth house or my sun sign, my moon sign. If you want to learn more about that aspect of you, just jot that down and start to dive into that information further. So astrology is a really amazing way for us to observe the world around us and observe ourselves living in that world in conjunction with everything around us. So I think it's a really beautiful tool. And I'm really grateful that Megan was able to come on and share this information with us. So if y'all are interested in readings, astrology readings, you can reach out to Megan, they do birth chart readings, transit readings. Um, and we did talk too about like, how you can kind of create a chart for your business or for other aspects of things in your life like a relationship or certain things like that so I'm sure if you had a specific ask um, you wanted to pull up a chart for your new business or for your um, new move or something like that I'm sure Megan could do a reading um, customized to that as well so I will provide their email in the show notes and you can reach out to them and see if you can schedule something they are located in Portland um, but I believe they can do readings on zoom or um, FaceTime I'm not sure what format they do but they can take online clients so if you're interested please reach out to them Megan and I met, I was trying to figure it out. Um, I think we met in 2013, 2014, something like that. And um, it's been really awesome to be able to grow and shift within our friendship and just 
it's really cool to me to see how we both are pursuing uh, our interests in more of these intuitive practices. And Megan took my spirit school class, which is my psychic development class, and is really diving into their intuitive work as well as the astrology. So I think that's really amazing. And they also did Reiki one training with me. So I'm really excited for Megan to see where all this information is going to take them. And I'm just grateful that we are able to have this conversation and share it with everyone today. So without further ado, we'll have a little uh, word from our sponsor and then we'll get into the conversation. I did want to remind y'all that I do have a few workshops coming up if you're interested in attending i will put the links for those in the show notes as well i have a both are online workshops and one is called journey to the akashic records where we do a shamanic journey meditation to connect with your personal akashic records and it's a really epic workshop and i'm really excited about it so i always have fun doing that And then the other one is more of a participatory class. It's called Cosmic Mediumship. And basically it's a mediumship circle, but we're going to be focusing primarily on connecting with angels, spirit guides, cosmic energy, aliens, ETs, things like that. Getting to know your higher self, learning how to channel your higher self. Um, And this is going to be hopefully an ongoing class. So if you're interested in learning about mediumship, and connecting with your spirit guides and learning and practicing and just having a space to talk to other people about your experiences and ask questions. This is the class for you. And I think that is two hours. I think both of those workshops are two hours. So I'll put those in the show notes. And as always, you can always book a reading with me or a healing session. And I always have a discount code in the show notes. If you have never worked with me before, you can apply that discount code um, to get 15% off your first session with me. Also, I am going to be taking on one-on-one coaching slash mentorship clients starting in January. I have more availability for that. So what I like to do for that is eight or 12 week package sessions where we meet once a week. Um, and that is for people who are wanting to really dive deep, people who want um, support within their psychic development journey, support within their healing journey, um, or just mental and emotional support. So I am available for that. And you can apply for that in on my website, gracelinden.com. And basically, we set up a little consultation and just see if what I do could be helpful to you. So love you guys. And I'll see you in the main episode. Bye bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour podcast. Today, we're here with my friend Megan, and we're going to be talking astrology. So we're really excited. We recorded this whole episode a while ago, and we had complete technology errors. We recorded it during Mercury retrograde, so we're suspecting something was muck with that so today we're here to do it again and i'm excited to share some information with you for me i really like to look at astrology but i don't know a lot about it like i know i'm a 
Gemini and that were the best sign, but that's, <laughs> that's all I know really. So I wanted Megan to come on and like talk about just some basic stuff for people who don't really know a lot or people who are wanting to learn about how to read their own birth chart. So we're going to be talking about the natal chart, which is, Megan will explain that, but we're going to go over the different um, elements of that. We're going to talk a little bit about how to read your own and what that information could give you. So Megan, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Megan. Um, I live in Portland. I've known Grace for what, five, six years now? I feel like longer. Maybe more. Yeah. I don't know, a while. A while <laughs> in between five and 10. But yeah, something um, like that. Yeah. Um, in my normal life, I'm an artist. And then on the side, I just kind of deep dive into anything occult with astrology being my number one focus. Yes. Yeah, so you're really into astrology. And you also read birth charts. So if people want to do that with you, they can reach out and I'll be putting your information in the show notes. So I want you to just share with us before we get started on looking at the chart and going Mm -hmm. over that. I'd love to hear just your signs, like your sun, moon and rising for people to kind of learn a little bit about you. Okay. Yeah. I am. You just said your birthday too the other day. Yeah. My birthday birthday. was last week. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I'm a Sagittarius sun with a Taurus moon and a Capricorn rising. Um, My chart's mostly fire and earth. So do with that information what you will. (laughs) And what is like your, because astrology, like we were talking about this before we started, like there's so many different things that people could study for like a thousand years just like one little section of it like what is the most exciting to you right now to be looking at in terms of the broad like outlook of astrology um I've been focusing mostly on mundane astrology which is just um the day-to-day transits where the planets are currently in the sky and then um how they affect your planets in your natal chart. So just the day-to-day, um, I've been doing lots of transit readings for people, like month ahead type things, um, where basically I'll get their birth chart and then I'll pull up the transits and then see whatever major is happening for them. And that's something I do for myself, like at the start of every week too, just to kind of get a grip on what kind of energy to expect. I was just going to ask that, like, how often do you do that? So you do it every week? For your um, at? Yeah, usually on, like, Sunday nights. That's <laughs> awesome. So do you yeah. have a specific website that you like to look at the transits, or how do um, you find that information? Yeah, so I use several different apps on my phone, and then oh, um, cool. um, astro.com um, is where you can create your birth chart, and then you can look at the current planets in transit to your own chart on there or um I have some astrologers that I follow on like Instagram and YouTube as well oh cool yeah yeah you so astro.com that's the one we just used right yeah so we're gonna be looking at my birth chart today as an example so please don't if you know how to like recharge like don't look into it too hard please (laughs) um (laughs) I beg of you 
Um, but so we're going to look at my chart as an example and just go over a little bit about like, what does it look like? How do we read it? What does that mean for us? And then just see what else comes up. So let's get started. What I'm going to do. So today, if you're listening to this on the podcast, um, this episode, we're recording a video as well, because um, some of this information is going to be visual. So if you want to watch the video that goes along with this, you can go to YouTube and I'll link that in the show notes too. So you can watch the video because what I'm going to do is I'm going to be sharing the visuals on my screen so everyone can see what we're talking about. And of course, you can still listen to it and understand and kind of get the gist of it. But if you want to see um, visually what we're discussing, you can look at the video on YouTube. So what what I'm going to do right now is pull up the screen share so everyone can see what we're talking about. So to begin, we're going to look, is this what we want to look at first, the chart, Megan? Yeah, that's great. Okay, so what we're going to look at is my birth chart. So as you can see, it's a circle. (laughs) that's where we're gonna begin but um so with the birth chart basically it is looking at like the information of what was going on in the stars and the planets when you're born so what you do is you put in the information of your name and your birthday and where you're born um and then they create this chart for you so we're going to be going over the chart and If you want to pull up your own chart, you can. We put some links in the show notes of this uh, website that Megan recommends and then another site if you want to pull up your chart and follow along while we're talking about this. And yeah, is there anything else you think they need to know before we get started? Um, No, I think that's a good opening, yeah. Awesome. So for me, we put in my information and then we get all this stuff um, that we're looking at here. So we're going to go over um, starting first. What, what should we, we start, want to start with the planets, correct? That would yeah. make the most sense. Yeah. Let's start with your sun. Okay. So there's going to be a bunch of different planets that you guys get that are connected to you. And so we're going to go over them starting with the sun, which is the one that probably everyone actually knows. And that's the the one that I know. So I'm going to have Megan explain to us about these planets and how they're represented in my chart. So let's do it. Cool. So, um, yeah, like you said, uh, the sun, usually when um, people ask what your sign is, they're talking about your sun sign. That has to do with uh, the day you were born on. Um, so you're born June 20th. So that makes you a Gemini. So um, would you be able to click or like point to the sun glyph on the chart, the circle with the circle inside? This one. With the mouse. Yeah. So that's what the sun looks like. Um So every planet gets a glyph, which is like a symbol for which planet it represents. So your sun is like, kind of looks like an eye, you know, it's like the circle with the circle. So um, 
your son is basically like your ego self, like how you identify, um, the luminaries in astrology, the sun and the moon, those are the two brightest things that are in our sky. So usually when you're starting with looking at a birth chart for the first time, those are the first two things that you're going to look at. Cause those are going to be the things that have probably like the greatest pull or like impact that you could very much like see in your life. So, um, the number right below, um, that 29 that just has to do with the degree. So, um, there are 30 degrees in each sign and the sun moves one of those degrees each day while it's in the sign. So, um, Grace is born on the cusp, uh, right before cancer season. So that's why her son's at 29 degrees. It's the very end of the Gemini sign, uh, right before it moves into cancer. So that's what those numbers mean. Um, it just, it's an exact pinpoint, uh, mathematically in the sky where it was the day you were born. I didn't know that. That's so interesting. Yeah. We were saying before we started the degrees in themselves could be like a whole, uh, like life's work worth of studying. Mm -hmm. So, um, I know we won't go too in depth with that, but do you know how many there are total? Is there like a specific number? Well, um, it would be 30, it would be (laughs) for the entire circle chart. It would be 30 times 12 because there's 30 degrees in each sign and then 12 signs in the Zodiac. I can't do that level of multiplication in my head. Um, but it's, it's a lot. (laughs) I'll, I'll, um, do it on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure like, that's not that hard for most people, but I'm not good at that kind of stuff. It's 360. Oh, wonderful. A circle. Interesting. How about well, that? And the, yeah, that it. Oh, yeah, duh. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like a, yeah, that mathy of a person. So we forget, yeah, astrology is a, a science, it is like a math. Yeah. So there is a lot of like calculations and things involved. So that's good to know that there's 30 in each one. Yeah. So. So that's like a great, um, kind of segue into your moon. Um, if you'll kind of like move the mouse over to the moon glyph. Yeah. Right there. So that's your moon sign. Um, your moon is like your emotional self. It's like your inner world. It's like your moon is who you are when you're comfortable with people or when you're like at your house, just being yourself, you know, it's, it's how you tend to yourself emotionally. And then, um, how you like handle those emotions. So, um, your moon is on the zero degree, which is the first degree of Gemini. So um, the degrees go from zero to 29, um, but that would be 30 in total. So there's no 30th degree, but it's zero degree and 29 of the first and last. Okay. Yeah. So for those who can't see, my moon is also in Gemini. Yeah. Yeah. So you have uh, your moon, like the very first degree of Gemini, and then your sun on the very last degree of Gemini. Okay. Perfect. That's so interesting. That is interesting. (laughs) So that would, if we're talking about like the sun being kind of like that outward expression Mm -hmm. and the moon being like the inward, like if mine's the same, (laughs) what does that mean? It means that you're consistent. (laughs) um 
I mean, you, um, that is the next step that we would take to further interpret those points would be looking at what houses they are because on the chart, um, if you're watching the video, you could see they are in two different houses. So yeah, um, we'll talk about the houses yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. So, um, like just like finding out where the planet is kind of like mapping it on the chart. That's like the first step when you're looking at a birth chart, just right off the bat. Yeah. And if you are pulling up the chart, like, and you've never seen one of these circle like graphs before, they do have it written out for you. Yeah, so you can right look underneath. at just like, on my sun is this, my moon is this, get that mm -hmm. information. And then you can start looking at the graph to start beginning to understand it visually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I first started learning astrology, I didn't touch the circle chart for a couple of years. I just used like the tables as I was getting comfortable with learning what each of the planets meant and then kind of moving on to the houses and understanding aspects. And then I started working on figuring out the circle but it's like overwhelming looking but I it's like once you kind of get the basics down um it's like pretty straightforward it's just a map basically and then what is the next planet um so the next that we would want to look at yeah so your next personal planet um when I say personal planet it's the planets starting uh closest to the sun and then moving all the way back out so the first planet next to the sun is Mercury. So uh, we would look What's at Mercury. One, right? Uh, right in between your sun and your moon. It's the one with the little horns on it. This one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mercury. So um, in astrology, or excuse me, in mythology, astrology, Mercury was the messenger of the gods. He went in between, you know, the Zeus and Hades and everywhere in between. He was communication so mercury is how we communicate how we process information how we think how we analyze things um and then also maybe like thinking like tendencies or styles like if you're an overthinker you know like you would look at mercury in your chart and see what's going on with mercury to see what like may indicate that and so that's why when we talk about like mercury retrograde it's always about like failed communication yeah absolutely our, like our podcast. <laughs> our last podcast yeah. yeah yeah and mercury's also um it is hermes too yes so um if you know about hermes and also thought thoth i don't know how to say that yeah thoth. in egyptian yeah. mythology so it's really interesting i think mm -hmm. to look at the stories and stuff connected to that and see how that would relate to you personally yeah absolutely i really um have been getting into the history of astrology lately as far as like the connections with the mythologies and you know numerous different places around the world um as astrology kind of progressed throughout history and That's those so interesting those archetypes really do like hold true to like a lot of what the planetary meanings mean and also the tarot will draw on that as well yeah we talk about that a lot in the podcast like the language of like archetypes and symbology like yeah and astrology is like just one example of that mm -hmm. so like for me I don't know like anything about it but I can still pick up like some information because I do have that knowledge about the symbols so 
I think it's interesting. Yeah. So cool. The Mercury. So my Mercury is also, also in, Gemini. in Gemini. Yeah. Um, the thing about Mercury, um, as he is the messenger, you know, to the gods, he's never too far away from the sun. So in a birth chart, I believe Mercury will never be more than two signs away from your sun sign. So a lot of people do have the same sun and Mercury sign. That's pretty oh. common. Um, but you could have it in the sign before or the sign after as well, but you'll never have like mercury and like the opposite side of that circle. That's just, uh, it's out of its orbit. So, okay. So that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So basically, um, yeah, with your sun, moon and mercury all in Gemini, it's like who you are, like how you like identify yourself how you process your emotions and feel and how you think and communicate are all in a very Gemini or mercurial way because Mercury is the ruler of Gemini as well. So each sign has a, a planet. I was just going to say, so yeah. I, I know my chart is ruled by Mercury. So that's what you mean when people say that. Uh, generally, yeah. They'll either mean um, whichever planet or sign has like the most like placements or energy focused on it. Um, or they'll say that your chart ruler is the planet that rules your ascendant sign, which is also known as your rising sign, which we should probably talk about the rising sign too. So um, I'll scoot over to your rising real quick. Um, so which right, one is that? So where it says AC, that's on the Western horizon or the left part of the chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have- <laughs> this one no Keep going down down yeah that bold, yeah that bold line down this. yes 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 okay, everyone <laughs> it's this thick line right here <laughs> so basically your rising sign oh um, i see yes it's right here yeah, ac um rising <laughs> or ascendant or ac or asc all mean the same thing okay. um it's all just synonyms for the same thing so that is where your chart begins. Um, so you, when you're looking at this circular chart, you're going to start on that line. Um, that's where your chart begins. And then it, the chart goes counterclockwise with the houses. So you read it. Um, so this way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We. Okay. Wee. <laughs> so um, as far as like your chart ruler, um, Libra is ruled by the planet Venus. So uh, Venus would be your chart ruler, but um, you are definitely very like Mercury dominant as well. So you have a ton of Mercury or Gemini energy also, but your chart is ruled by Venus. So, but Venus is also air, right? Or Libra, I mean. Uh, So Venus actually rules two planets. Traditionally, it rules Libra, which is an air sign, a cardinal air, and then it rules um Taurus which is a fixed earth sign so those two signs um are considered like Venusian mm. are ruled that's by interesting Venus. I definitely have had some connections to the Venusian energy so that makes sense to me I like want to investigate that yeah and then going like further into like the mythology you know it's like looking at who Venus is and mythology who she represents she represents love and beauty and creation and abundance you know like the the finer things in life like venus is 
just wanting to sit and be fanned by leaves and eat grapes in a meadow, you know, like that's Venus energy. So that would be your ruling sign. So um, that would make Venus in your chart an important place for you to look as far as I think my Venus is in Taurus. Yeah, it is. We'll get there, but I don't know if we're going over Venus. Yeah, we could but do that. Yeah, we can scoot over to Venus. <laughs> yeah, so it is in Taurus. Um, so whatever your chart ruler is, um, I believe we have like a table uh, somewhere that we could show that. But um, you want to look at the planet that rules your ascendant for kind of more information into uh, more aspects about you and points that are important in your own birth chart. So when we talk about the ascendant or the rising sign, mm-hmm. um, what does that mean in terms of like when we are born? Like, is that a, a certain thing was happening in the sky? Like, do you, can you explain that? Yeah. So the rising sign is where the sun was rising at the time of your birth. So at the time of your birth, um, it was at... 22 degrees Libra. So um, the rising sign points to the eastern horizon where the sun rises. So that's that exact degree. Okay. And that's where your chart begins because um, that's where it begins. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's where where we start. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's some, you know, it's symbolic, you know, it's like, that's where the sun rises. So that's where we're going to usually start things off you know each day that's so interesting awesome so venus is this one Mm -hmm. yeah so venus looks just like the mercury glyph but without the little horns on top um venus is um the symbol for venus has been used for representing femininity um in our culture um with Mars representing the masculine, you know, like, uh, which is just below uh, your Venus and Aries, uh, yeah, like, you know, um, yeah, like the Austin Powers. I was just gonna say, <laughs> yeah, like the like Austin, the Austin Powers. Powers necklace that he wears. <laughs> that's like the that's the glyph for Mars. So um, it represents. And I know this Venus yeah. is used like a lot of connected to like feminist uh, circles and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um, with that being said, I did want to say that like astrology does not need to be like gendered as far as like the male and female. It's more so like feminine energy at like yin or like receptive energy. Um, And then I think about like the masculine energy, like yang or um, like active energy. Yes. Yeah. We talked about that a couple episodes back. Um, just talking about how we both have everyone has both aspects of feminine masculine so when we look at the chart we're not like oh if you're ruled by Venus like you are a woman like yeah totally like that yeah (laughs) that being said so um Venus so this here would be Taurus yep exactly yeah that's the glyph for Taurus and then there's your Venus sitting at 25 degrees of Taurus so yeah Venus is um how you love um what makes you feel comfortable how you create um what you find beautiful or like aesthetically pleasing to you um 
Venus could also represent resources or money sometimes as well. Mm, interesting. So like if you have like a major shopping problem, you would want to look at your Venus, you know, or like if you're really into like interior design and you're like, hmm, where did this come from? Like you would look at your Venus mm. or also people use it in um, like romantic astrology, uh, which is called sinistry, where you'll compare your chart with your partner's chart. Um, and that's like the planet of love. So when you're doing like a relationship reading, you always look at Venus uh, and Mars. Those are the two kind of like relational planets. Yeah. And Mars like is a more of a um, aggressive energy. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mars is considered like masculine um, energy. So it's more aggressive. It's um, Mars is the one who puts things into action. Mars is traditionally ruled by Aries, which is the very first sign in the Zodiac. That's a cardinal fire sign. So like, you know, Mars slash Aries get shit started, you know? So um, a lot of people who are um, athletes or people who are really into like fitness or maybe like heavy labor type stuff, like so, like a swordsmith or like a blacksmith or something like that. Yeah, like, or um, like war, you know, or like competition is Mars type energy. So if you're into those things, it's like, usually those people have like really strong Mars placements in their chart. I think it's like, this is a whole side tangent, but I think it's interesting to think about like, uh, right now how there's all this push of people to like explore Mars and like, go to Mars and like, (laughs) um I don't know it just feels like there's so much aggression and stuff going on in society I'm like why do why are we trying to go there and like connect with this aggressive energy and like I I don't know like store our shopping materials there like why are we trying to go I don't understand (laughs) um but I think it's interesting to think about like that in reflection to like what's going on in society like Mm -hmm. the aggressive energy and our fascination with that like right now yeah um just a side tangent no totally um I mean especially like the United States you know has they really um (laughs) they really like the martial energy um, look at our military, look at our industrial prison complex, look at the workforce, you know, it's like everything's very martial. And the thing with Mars, Mars is impatient. Mars wants results like right now. So as far as like Mars is like rapid fire. So it's like Mars doesn't care who gets hurt. Mars just wants it to happen. So got yeah, like the negative aspects of it. The, yeah, the shadow aspect. Of course, yeah. every planet, every sign has you know light and dark aspects to it you know and um I don't like to live in absolutes so you know it's more nuanced than that but (laughs) yeah but that's a big it's a big thing to think about and even just like I know people do look at like the charts of the United States or look Mm -hmm. at the charts of certain events and things so it would be curious to see like points in time like what was going on in the stars like oh like mm-hmm. when we dropped the atomic bomb or something like yeah totally. I'd be curious to see what was going on right then and like 
I'm sure that's a whole field of study. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's there's lots of astrologers um, who work more with the historical significations um, in history. Like you said, like the United States has its own birth chart, like every country. You can make a chart for any person, place or thing, you know, Um, it just kind of like sets up the chart of when that thing was like created. So um, so could people make a chart for like their business, for example? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, I've done um, charts uh, for chart readings for people like based on the start of um, like a new relationship, like Mm. the day that, you know, they got you know, married or something, or the day that they like met their partner, or like you said, the start of a new business, or um, you could like do a chart for like a day that you like move a new place, like, and then you can kind of, yeah, so like, there's, there's so (laughs) many fun things that you can do with it. And when you do like a chart for an event, um, you kind of just decipher it the same way you start with the planets. um, go into the houses and then the aspects, which we'll be doing with your chart in a moment as well. Awesome. So what is, should we look at the rest of these planets or should we go on to the houses? Maybe let's move on to the houses. Um, I don't want to get like too in depth um, just because of our like time constraints and stuff. Um, And I think um, when somebody's just starting out with astrology, I think it can be really overwhelming. Like I mean, I've been studying astrology astrology for years and I've learned new things every single day. So it literally never ends. Um, I was listening to the astrology podcast that's hosted by Chris Brennan, which is an amazing podcast. It's one of my favorites. Um, If anyone wants more in-depth astro knowledge, I definitely recommend that one. But um, yeah, like I forgot where I was going with that tangent. We don't want to go too much. Oh yeah. We don't want to go too in too detail to overwhelm yeah, people. because, oh yeah. So what he was saying on his podcast is they did some type of math um, and there's no way one single person could learn everything there is to know about astrology within one lifetime. There's absolutely no way. There's just too much information. So um, yeah, even if that's like your only thing you do, you still couldn't know everything. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of awesome and magical and why it's so great. Um, to follow like multiple astrologers and, you know, get different blogs that you read, different podcasts you listen to, buying different books because everyone has, you know, a slightly different perspective or will have more knowledge in a certain area that you might know nothing about or maybe only know a little about. Yeah. And we don't want to like get too crazy, but there is even like Vedic astrology, like yeah. a whole another <laughs> form of astrology. This is like, what is it? Well, this is Western astrology, but yeah. Western what astrology. Is it? Does it have a name? Um, this, I mean, the, um, the chart system is considered Placidus. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, it's like right up there at the very top, uh, method oh, yeah. style slash Placidus. Placidus. That's, um, So there's like multiple different ways you can draw up a chart, but um, for beginning Western astrology, I recommend using Placidus or whole sign houses. Um, Placidus is more calculated where your house sizes sizes will all be different. Like um, the little pie triangles that you see on the chart, they're not going to all be like the same exact perfect size that has to do with where you are on the equator and like the longitude and latitude of where you are. 
So that's when um, like your exact birth location comes into play for it being really like that specific location you're born with that time because it's like exactly mapped as far as the houses are set up. Whereas whole sign, um, it's pretty great for beginners because it's like each sign is its own house. So it's like super, uh, not super, but it's easier to look at and yeah, decipher at a glance and um, like astrology and history, like back um, in like the Greco-Roman times, like the Hellenistic period, they would use like the whole sign houses, which is like each sign is one house and when I say that it's like when the planet is traveling through that part of the sky that constellation that's what those uh degrees mean it's exactly where it is mapped in that part of the sky for you okay that makes sense yeah interesting I have a lot of thoughts coming through but I'm trying to hold (laughs) hold them back so I know there's a topic yeah um Let's just briefly, before we go into the houses, I just want um, to point out here for people who are watching the video, like going through these little glyphs. So the first sign is Aries right here, correct? Yeah. So they here we have Aries, and then we go into Taurus, mm-hmm. Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> like, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Um what's this one leo leo so it's august ish right uh yeah mid-july to mid-august yeah then we have virgo virgo (laughs) libra i know this one because i have uh, this is my chart um (laughs) libra Scorpio. scorpio yeah here we have sagittarius sagittarius that's yours yeah, that's my son. What we're sign. in right now. It's Sagittarius correct? season. Yeah, right now. And then Cap- Capricorn. Capricorn. That's yeah. both of my both of my parents are Capricorns, and both of me and my sibling are Gemini's. Just fun fact, right? Yeah, there. interesting. <laughs> um, I'm born to like right around summer solstice, and my mom's like right on the winter solstice. I just think that's very interesting. Yeah. And then this is what Aquarius. Yes. And then. Pisces Pisces so Pisces is the oldest sign mm-hmm. it's the 12th Aries is the first sign yeah and we're just coming out of the Piscean age and going into Aquarius so we're going backwards yeah the um the as far as the ages go those go reverse the opposite direction yeah okay we can talk about that but I'm gonna resist so (laughs) I know there's so much we could talk about so let's stay on focus (laughs) yeah so I want us just to keep it a little bit more simple but I think if anyone's interested in looking at like the symbols uh symbology behind like Pisces and all that energy I think it would be interesting to look at just to see like where we have been and what we're like going into and kind of like some of those ideals and uh, like things that society valued that we're like moving away from, I think it would be interesting to reflect upon. Yeah, definitely. So let's look at the houses. So this is the most 
I think mysterious part to me like I don't I'm like what does this all mean um <laughs> and I see so many things on I you're not on TikTok but on TikTok there's like hell of astrology um pages I mean there's even on Instagram too but there's so many TikTok astrology and it'll be I'll get a video it'll be like blah 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 because my thing is in this house and blah blah and like I don't get the meme so <laughs> I, I'm like I feel left out I'm like I don't know what it means when this is in my 12th house so we're gonna talk a little bit about houses so hopefully you can understand the memes yeah <laughs> and, um, like be able to look at it for your own chart so <laughs> are the houses in this block part here or where are we looking um so we're gonna be looking at like the actual circle right now um so your chart starts with your rising sign so graces is in libra at 22 degrees so your first house is that first little pie slice that you see so um yeah it's uh below that below the line because we go uh oh yeah because uh when we read the chart we read it uh counterclockwise oh yeah you said that in the beginning yeah so um reminder you guys counterclockwise and then you can see the little number one right there yeah here so um that's like a really um nice way to look quickly and see what house you're in um so numbers yeah so those numbers and then the house boundaries are the lines on either side of the number so anything that falls within those lines is going to be within that house and this one's thick because it's the ascendant yeah that's your ascendant that's where your chart starts so um so that first pie slice you have it um starting in libra and then you have scorpio going into it so unless you're using like whole sign houses they're not going to line up perfectly um so basically it's like you want to look at the number from the inside and then kind of like look out to see what falls in those lines so you have pluto that's what that p is okay so um you have pluto in the first house so your first house um the first house is associated with Aries being the first sign of the Zodiac. It's number one. Um, the first house has to do with um, those subjects. So yourself, how you project yourself, how people see you, that's all tied in with your rising sign too. Like when you meet a new person and they're like, oh, like you're so shy. And then in your head, you're like, I'm not shy. Like, why do you think I'm shy? That's your rising sign that's being projected. So it's like, you could be, you know, like this really bubbly, like um, exuberant person, but you may come off really shy when you first meet people. And that would be like your rising sign. That would be what you project outward to the world. Like the first house also has a lot to do with like your physical appearance too. Um, well, Libras are pretty. Exactly. So like, <laughs> that's like, no, literally. Um, <laughs> that's what I always hear. Like, you yeah, that. that's like a you know that's like a thing with libra risings you know any rising sign sexy right yeah they're they're hot man (laughs) um libra rising ruled by venus venus is the planet of love and beauty so a lot of people with libra risings just have this like you know they just have this air of beauty and like grace (laughs) to them so (laughs) (laughs) my chart says i'm beautiful it does it's written in the stars (laughs) 
so what does it mean that I have I mean we don't have to go too in depth but yeah briefly what does it mean that there's a Pluto in there so um if you think about the planets as actors and the houses as the stage so um the planet is like what aspect of you or your personality that we're talking about and then the house has to do with like what part of your life that has to do with so so it's whatever is like on display yeah so for the first house exactly so the first house is like an outward house you know it's where we start on it's you know how you put your first foot forward you know so um anything in your first house is going to have a lot to do with your personality and how you look so um just real quick for you having pluto in the first house pluto is a planet of scorpio um it has to do with like death and rebirth uh psychology um it's a very like emotionally deep planet it's not superficial Pluto likes to deep dive and like really get to the nitty gritty of things um and a lot of people who are um like really spiritual um will connect with Pluto a lot of the time because um Pluto also has to do with like the occult and the unknown any mysteries ghosts and all that kind of thing and Pluto's like the furthest one away away right yeah very very interesting the plutonian solids like i i don't know why that's <laughs> i want to think about um that's just that's something that's come up for me like in readings like a couple of times where uh they're like talk, talking to me about investigating like those plutonian solids which is something i still have it done but but this is just reminding me to do that <laughs> Have to say that but like the um those shapes like those um they're like I don't know what they're called but it's uh five-dimensional shapes do you know what I'm talking no about? I'm not familiar I haven't heard of this before oh so they're like some kind of um sacred geometry type of thing oh cool but they're um instead of it being just like a flat square it's like three-dimensional but it's also moving in space at the same time so like multi-dimensional shape kind of shape okay I'm gonna have to look into that (laughs) I just have to say that so I don't forget but um they have some kind of like uh significance in math or something like that like but there is some like esoteric connection there that I that I don't fully understand yet. Mm, interesting. So cool. That's good to know. So then we go to our second house. So I have nothing. Yeah. Um, so she's there's no empty. <laughs> she's empty, but um you do have like a sign in every house in your chart, even though there might not be planets in it. Um you still have all 12 signs in your chart. So you can see that yours um, begins in Scorpio and then ends in Sagittarius. So um, Scorpio would be the ruler of your second house. So, um, so even what though does the second house represent? The second house is ruled by Taurus, um, second sign in the Zodiac. It is a sign. Oh, do you have that um, chart that I sent yes. you? 
that would be a great thing to pull up right now. Yeah, here's so, a great breakdown of the houses. This might, oops. Yeah, this might here be like go. what we want to look at. So, um, make it fully big. So, I hope everyone can see it. Can you see it, Megan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, here's like a great breakdown of, um, just a real quick overview of what each of the houses represent. Um, so second house on this chart says possessions, value, worth, money. Um, being that the second house is, you know, like a Taurus thing, that's more Venus. Um, we're kind of talking about that when you're talking about Venus as far as like value, like what you find valuable. Um, it could be like how you handle your finances. You could look at your second house. Um, whenever a planet uh, transits your second house, um, those topics will be activated. So that's what the mundane transits that I was talking about um, in the very beginning of our discussion that I like to watch. Um, I like to see where those planets are in each house and that can kind of give you like a heads up to themes that are gonna be happening in that part of your life while mm -hmm. that planet is in there. So for example, um, if you have um, the transit Jupiter going through your second house, Jupiter is a planet of like expansion and abundance. Um, so while Jupiter's in your second house, like you might get a raise or you might expand your network or like your net worth, you know, you might um, come into some money, like you might kind of partake some more like creative type things um, that wind up giving you like some sense of value or like stability awesome yeah so then we have our third house so should we stay on here and kind of just go through them or yeah totally chart? yeah we can just um kind of list them off um for our and then audio listeners look at their yeah their own cool so then we have our third house Yeah, so that's uh, communication, knowledge, siblings, logic. Third house is traditionally ruled by Gemini. So um, it's a mercurial house. So like what we were saying earlier about like the mercury retrograde, like we have issues with communication. We have issues with logic. Um, um, a lot of like technology will like short circuit like our podcast not saving like that's like a third house slash Gemini slash Mercury kind of thing. So like each planet sign and house, um, they all have like ways that they're intertwined with each other. And um, there's like different ways to kind of break that down. Mm. And then, so our fourth house. So family, parents, security, home, uh, this sign's normally ruled by cancer, which is ruled by the moon. And then, um, do you want me to just go through the houses? I could just do that. Yeah. And, okay. So then the fifth house, uh, fifth house is ruled by Leo. Um, it's ruled by the sun. Leo is ruled by the sun. It has to do with pleasure, creativity, children, fun, uh, sixth house. That's ruled by Virgo, which is also another Mercury sign. Uh, it's an Earth sign. It has to do with health, service, and work. So when you have, let's say, like your son in the sixth house, um, you could be like really into like 
health or like routines or like diet or exercise or um, a lot of like people in like the medical field or like nurses will have a lot of like sixth house or like Virgo stuff in their chart. Um, so then we have the seventh house, which is ruled by Libra, which is the uh, Venus uh, marriage relationships unions. Um, oh, wait, we're this, here seventh house. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now we're above the horizon, as you can kind so, of see on the chart. Just a quick question. Yeah. So what? When we're he- so we are ascendant was our rising sign. When they have here, it says descendant. Yeah. So the is descendant that, is the what sign, sign. Is that the descendant is the sign opposite of your rising. So your rising is Libra. So the sign opposite to Libra is Aries. So Mm. your descendant is an Aries um, and more kind of like, like karmic astrology. um, They look at a lot of like your descendant being um, like your past life, like what you're Mm. like, what you've already accomplished or like, like the sign that rules your seventh is going to be the sign that you've already kind of mastered those topics interesting yeah and then whereas your rising sign is kind of like what you're progressing forward as in this in this uh soul's experience type thing wow that's so interesting yeah i'm learning so much i hope everyone is too (laughs) so eighth house this eighth and twelfth are the ones i hear about all the time on tiktok so yeah (laughs) give us a t on the eighth people are always talking about like my eighth house i'm like i don't know what Okay, so um, eighth house is ruled by Scorpio, um, which That's is ruled. Yeah, exactly. So Scorpio traditionally is ruled by Mars. Um, when I say traditionally, that's before they discovered the planet Pluto and, uh, you know, had Pluto become the rulership of Scorpio in modern astrology or, you know, post like, I don't know the exact date, maybe like 18 something. I don't know. Mm. But um mars used to rule scorpio so pluto has like martian qualities but it's totally different it's the last planet you know in our in our solar system it's small it's icy it's mysterious like we haven't been able to like physically explore it you know like it's it's just like kind of out there and the mysterious void of our solar system so um with that being said, uh, Scorpio in the eighth house, um, lots of things having to do with death, transformation, psychology, power, sex. So um, that's probably why people talk about it. Yeah. Sex, sex. Yeah. So they're like, oh, I got to talk about this. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that could either be like, like a healthy relationship with sex or like some place that you have like an insecurity or like maybe like a hard time with like, um, for example, if you have like Saturn in the eighth house, you might have a hard time expressing your sexuality or you might have like, like a core sense of shame with like such a stern, harsh planet there. But if you have like, um, let's say like one of the benefic planets, like your Venus in the eighth house, it's like, uh, the way that you love and perceive beauty is going to have this like really like transformational in depth quality to it. Like like Venus in eighth house is like very much the energy of like merge souls with me or I don't want it. So (laughs) that's probably why the eighth house is super popular. Also, um, 
has a lot to do with the occult and anything, mm. you know, like mysterious or like below the surface. Uh, like I said earlier, like psychology, um, the great, you know, mysteries and like esoteric, like knowledge is very eighth house. Um, mediumship. Know, yeah. We're going to go back and just look at my chart real quick. Cause yeah. I want to know what's in you my have, eighth house. Yeah, you have eighth house. Wait, so, so, so you have Venus. Eat. Yeah. Right so you here, have, you guys. Mm-hmm. So you have Venus, your moon, and your Mercury in the eighth house. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So um, with those, like, with each of these things, you could look up each placement, like moon in the eighth house, you know, Venus in the eighth house, or you could do um, like super specific, like moon in Gemini eighth house. um, If you don't want to do the whole you know, kind of break down yourself. There are a lot of references out there and resources um, for like breaking down each one. If you're super interested in one placement, you know, like let's say you're like, what is my eighth house Gemini Mercury all about? Um, You can get super into that um, from like a quick look at your chart and just knowing you, uh, it makes so much sense that your Mercury is in the eighth house because it's like your medium, you know, it's like you go in between these like planes, you know, and like you're like a seeker like you're someone who like wants to understand you know and that's like very like eighth house qualities all of the information yeah (laughs) the hidden or like secret or like maybe even like taboo information yes it's also like an eighth house thing and um secret (laughs) we're unveiling Okay, so here we back here we go back at our chart um, of the houses. So remember everyone, when you're looking at the houses, you're looking at the planets in them, but sometimes there's no planets in them, so don't worry. Yeah, totally <laughs> normal. Um, so then we're going into our ninth house. Okay, so the ninth house it's ruled by Sagittarius. Uh, the ruling planet of Sagittarius is Jupiter and the ninth house has to do with philosophy, beliefs, ethics, travel. Um, it could also be, uh, like higher education, um, in religion also is ruled by the ninth house. Um, astrology is like a ninth house topic because it's like both philosophical and it's like very in depth and like complex at the same time. Uh, yeah so then the 10th house um, that is traditionally ruled by Capricorn which is ruled by Scorpio or excuse me Saturn Um, Capricorn is ruled by Saturn Um, 10th house subjects have to do with social career authority fame Um, it's like your most public house so um, it's things that are like shown out to the public so a lot of people when they're doing um a chart reading kind of like looking into like hmm, like what kind of career should I go in or how should I use my talents you know to like most benefit me and others like where are my natural gifts that I can share with the world you would look at your 10th house to see um you know where you kind of excel in your public life mm-hmm. or maybe where you might want to work towards that's so interesting yeah um next we have the 11th house that's ruled by aquarius aquarius is ruled by uranus 
um, before they discovered Uranus in traditional astrology, it shared Saturn with Capricorn. So the 11th has to do with friendship and community. Um, that's all that says, but it could also be, um, I think of like social media as being very much like an Aquarius subject, um, virtual reality, like anything technology, AI robot stuff is like very Aquarian or 10th, excuse me, 11th house. Um, it's all about like sharing information, like the greater community, like people as like a whole versus like the individual. It's like, how is this going to benefit everyone? Um, a lot of people uh, that that were like activists and stuff will have like a lot of like 11th house or like Aquarius stuff in their chart. Um, mm. They're kind of like the rebels. They're the people who kind of question the status quo and present with like new fresh ideas that which is the shift from Capricorn which is like structure tradition like things we've been doing over and over and over when we move into the 11th house it's like okay where can we innovate where can we like cut some corners where can we connect like what are we going to do with this information we have come um, on 11th house yeah 11th house and then um, yeah the 12th house so that's the other like really popular one um yes on the internet right now the 12th house is ruled by pisces which is its ruling planet is um neptune traditionally it's ruled by jupiter which it used to share with sagittarius the 12th house has to do with spirituality solitude self-reflection um the 12th house is even more mysterious than the eighth house. Um, Neptune is a planet that's like really hazy and ethereal. I just was thinking, I always yeah. forget about Neptune. Yeah. I completely forgot about that planet. Which is like so <laughs> Neptune, you know, like <laughs> it's foggy. It's confusing. Um, things like, um, like dream interpretation, um, is like a Pisces or 12th house concept, um, astral projection, um, the Akashic records, like that's all like 12th house type stuff. It has to do with like the collective unconscious, unconscious, unconscious. <laughs> I can't talk right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, it's the energy of, all it's unified it is the culmination of the energy of all the 11 signs that came before it it's the last sign in the zodiac um a lot of people who are considered like old souls you know or like wise beyond their years like they probably have some 12th house stuff going on or um people who are like really like introverted or like really like inwardly turned or um yeah, people who like solitude usually have 12th house placements, uh, myself included. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's so helpful. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah, I, totally. So if people are looking at their houses, this is going to be more generally like, I'm trying to like word my question, like archetypally, like who they are. And then looking at like the mundane stuff, like you were talking about in the beginning, that's more like what's going on in the stars in relation to now and them yeah. and their chart. Yeah. In reference to 
yeah, the natal chart is what you would call the birth chart. Okay, cool. So then basically if people want to look at their chart, they'd be able to begin to dive into any of these subjects of um, each house to be able to like look into those like archetypes like what's going on for them around like identity or Mm -hmm. money or sex or whatever the subject is yeah um I like to think of the houses where it's like if you have like a certain question about either yourself or um like a relationship or um just like you know the mundane transits where it's like hmm like I wonder why I um let's say, have a hard time showing my emotions, you know, emotions, then you would look at your moon, which is your emotions. Uh, You would look at what house your moon is in. And then you would kind of then use like the aspects, which we haven't gone into, but um, to kind of see what the condition is on that moon. So it's like, um, if you have like the moon in the 12th house, um, you might have a really hard time expressing your feelings outward. that's going to have like a Neptunian flavor to it. So it's like, you may not even like, you might have a hard time understanding how you feel even let alone expressing it to somebody else, how you feel, or you might be someone who kind of buries things down because it, it feels like too hard to grasp. Mm. Amazing. So there's so many different things we can look at. So let's briefly talk about, let's go back to my chart and talk about the aspects so the aspects are all these crazy lines right yeah so the aspects are the the these? what are those so there's blue lines if you're not looking if you're listening to the audio there's blue there's red and there's green lines so you can pull up your chart and take a look at them and there might even be black lines there's hella lines there's all sorts of lines talk briefly about what this um can show us Yeah. So the aspects is kind of like the next step in interpreting your chart after you figured out what planet you want to look at and where it sits in your chart, what house it's in. The aspects is how the different planets communicate with each other. So the lines have to do with like your planets making connections. All of the aspects are mathematical angles. So you have um, the blue lines, which are considered like harmonious. So the long blue lines, those are trines. And then like the kind of shorter blue lines, those are sextiles. So, oh, I've heard about those. Yeah. So um, anything that's a trine or a sextile, that's like a really easy flow of information. Um, Trines can indicate like ease or like maybe like a talent or um, a gift, maybe like, let's say, let's look at your chart real quick. So you have moon. Yeah, moon trine Saturn, yeah, Venus trine Saturn. So um, with your moon trine Saturn, that could indicate that, um, and that's in the eighth and the third house. So um, the way that you think and feel, and then um, Saturn kind of has to do with um, like structure, discipline. Um, it's also like the Lord of time or like karma. Um, So like the flow between your emotions and the way that you like structure yourself and like have like a solid foundation are like in a easy flow of energy between each other. So that's 
that's just what the lines show. They just show how those planets are communicating with each other. So for example, if someone had um, like their son and their like their son was trying with something, would that be like, it makes it easy for them to display that planet? Is that what? Yeah, that kind of what yeah, totally. Um, so the aspects will kind of like, it'll blend the energies of two different planets, uh, if that makes sense. Merge. Yeah, it'll, it's kind of like a merger. So it's like, um, yeah, if your son is trying um, like Venus or something, um, usually people who have sun trying Venus are naturally charming, attractive. They're usually have like an affinity for like art or determining like value. Um, and with the sun being in that, that has a lot to do with like their personality and like what they relate to also. Mm. So then the, what are these green lines? Uh, so the green lines are quincunxes. Um, that's more. <laughs> what? That's more kind of like advanced. So we might not want to go into the green. We don't need to go <laughs> into what they mean after I heard what they're even called. That's crazy. Wait, say <laughs> one more time. Quincunx. I believe, I believe it's like 150 degree angle. I, yeah the... I think that's the math I'm I have a hard time remembering all the degrees but um yeah that's so, a, yeah guys that's start with just the fact. start with the basics you don't start with the red and blue the quints yeah and couplets or <laughs> that's crazy yeah so the red and the blue lines are like major aspects um squares are 90 degree angles and oppositions are 180 degree angles so the opposition is planets that are completely opposite of each other in the zodiacal wheel. They face each other. They face off. Um, that's like one of the harsher aspects. But um, if your chart was all like blue, like your life would be easy and like kind of boring. So like, yeah. it's like we learn through challenges, you know, it's like we grow through like the minor irritations that we encounter every day, you know, that like kind of pushes our, pushes us towards our goals and making better ch choices for us. So um, nothing wrong with a little tension in your chart. It, it could just indicate where you might have a harder time with something or like a difficulty. Um, oppositions usually have to do with um, having an issue of maintaining balance in those two planets or those two houses that are um being activated so um it's like but it could also be like opposites attract you know it's it's very much like how you utilize the energy and your whole birth chart would um explain that better but um yeah and then uh the last major aspect uh that's in red here is squares which is a 90 degree squares are um like an irritation, like something that you might have like a hard time, like coming to fruition or um, like an irritant, you know? So, um, so like those some, are these bigger ones uh, or yeah. these, these little ones? No, the side ones. These ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, those are 90 degree angles. So any planet that has squares on it, um, it's having a hard 
is having a difficult time communicating with the other planet that it's connected with or more so like integrating if that makes sense i'm trying to look at which one's final yeah so you have like mars square uranus neptune and saturn so your mars is like your will your drive your action you know going back to those like martian qualities and it's square uranus neptune and saturn so um in like what those planets represent, um, they might have kind of like a hard time getting lifted off the ground or being put into action with your Mars. So like, yeah, Saturn square Mars could be like, you might have a hard time with like routine or following structures or like staying organized maybe. Um, (laughs) Sorry. No, I know. No, I know. Yeah. So the aspects, responsibilities, yeah. like being able responsibilities, to do things, tasks, um, yeah, consecutively. Yeah. Yeah. So the aspects just kind of um, tell you how those different planets are communicating with each other in your chart. And um, oh, and then the last aspect is a conjunction. Um, a conjunction just means when two planets are aligned in the chart, like within like a few degrees of each other so um so last year didn't we have something that was called the great conjunction yeah yeah totally so the so great that was like hello planets at the same time or something um well first we had jupiter and saturn conjunct um that was back in like december 2019 i feel like it was like yeah yeah a while ago december 2019 was the great conjunction um that was right before like all the COVID stuff kind of blew up. Um, Jupiter has to do with like expansion and growth. And then it was lined up with Saturn, which is the opposite. Saturn is about like limitations and structure and like holding on to resources. Um, so when those, and they're the two biggest planets in our solar system, uh, which is added to this great conjunction energy. So when those aligned, basically like, something having to do with like our structures um it's being highlighted like really intensely yeah we're still like that's still happening I feel like um we're kind of effects of it that set it up yeah there's there's other like astrology going on that like points there's like people who go into whole like depth about like the astrology of like the pandemic which is like really interesting um uh, with like the mundane aspects, like astrologers for years before COVID knew something crazy was going to go down late 2019, early 2020. They just didn't know what, but they knew yeah. there was going to be like a huge pressure to our structures are, um, you know, like, like the work day, that's like a structure, you know, like, um, us having to stay in our homes that's like a limitation you know like it's a contraction um so it's like they knew something was gonna blow up basically but you know they didn't know until it actually happened so like what specifically yeah it makes a lot of sense because it's like you can look I mean you can look far into the future yeah yeah. information it's like math so yeah because it's all math you could look up a date a hundred years from now or you could look up I'd be scared in the history like in the past you know (laughs) that's a lot yeah it's too far for me to see (laughs) um 
so I have a, another question. This is yeah. kind of um, like different question, but so but before when we started, you talked about luminaries. So yeah. the sun is a star, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So when we talk it's about our the star. sun yeah. and the moon being luminaries, is that because they're not planets? Is that how they describe them? Um, I suppose so. Yeah, it's like they're the sun gives us and everything else life. And then the moon is the closest astral body to the earth. Um, the moon. But the moon's not a planet. Yeah, it? it's like, no, not, no, it's a, uh, I mean, a moon is like technically like a satellite piece of space, you know, rock <laughs> that orbits. Um, but um, you know how like the moon has like, the pull on our tides you know uh-huh. and like um it's the closest astral body to us so in that it affects everything on earth and it reflects the light of the sun you know when we have um new moons that's when they align when we have full moons um that's when they're opposite of each other on the chart um because that surface is being lit up when we have eclipses you know that's when like the moon and sun pass over each other so those are the luminaries those are the two like full astral bodies that we see from our vantage point on earth in our sky and then every once in a while we can see venus yeah yeah and venus is um Merc- i don't know if I, we can see Mercury. yeah you can see mercury um sometimes the thing with mercury since it's so close to the sun it's highly reflective so mm-hmm. um it could be like really hard to see or like photograph like from like telescopes even because it's so close to the sun and like absorbing all that light. I think I need to get a telescope. Oh yeah. You can see um, all of the planets up to Saturn. Those are considered the visible planets. So you can't see Neptune? Nope. What if it's not even there? <laughs> <laughs> And then we feel the energy. So yeah, we feel it. (laughs) Even if it's like, it's just interesting to think about, like, because we we actually don't really know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just pictures. Yeah, we've had like space rovers out there to take photos, but we've never physically seen it, you know. But it's like these tools, like astrology and stuff, that's like it's like these things have been around for so many thousands of years before we like had science to back up like what yeah. was going on yeah astrology and astronomy well, this were, is a science but yeah. like modern photographic science I guess yeah um like their astrology and astronomy were synonymous up until um you know like modern society even like Galileo used astrology like all of like our great thinking minds and history, like great scientists, they all use astrology too. Yeah, even I mean, like so many modern day people too. Like mm-hmm. I know, like politicians and stuff. Yeah, like, definitely. Have, like astrologers, like Ronald Reagan had like he had an astrologer. Astrologers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's so interesting to think about because I feel like it be it's at some point it became like this, uh, like out there fringe thing when it really is like older than a lot of other sciences yeah (laughs) so there's so much like to prove it um definitely awesome so now we kind of have like a brief 
overview of how to look at your birth chart so everyone can kind of do that on their own and start diving into whatever um, element of this was like interesting to them and what they want to explore. And Megan has a few books too that you recommended. So I'll put those in the show notes as well. So if anyone wants to like dive deeper and I'll also put Megan's info if you want to do a chart reading or reach out uh, with questions or whatever, I can give your email, right? Yeah, totally. Um, So before we close out, let's just talk a little bit about eclipses. Yeah. Um, I know we just had one like yesterday or something, Mm -hmm. Um, but we've been like in, I think what people are calling like, is it, are we in the eclipse season or did it already happen? Like, I just want you to kind of talk (laughs) about that because it's something that I feel like it's one of those hot topics on, again, like the internet. On the internet right now. Yeah. I mean, there's an eclipse and blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's like, how do we really know what that means? I know there's like lunar and solar eclipses. I believe you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this one was a solar eclipse. Yes, it was. Let's just talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, before we close out our episode. Yeah. Um, so a solar eclipse, um, easy way to remember it's when the sun and the moon are in the same sign. So, uh, right now the sun is in Sagittarius it's Sagittarius season and the new moon that we just had was in Sagittarius. So, um, and it was conjunct the, um, the lunar node, which is what makes it an eclipse. So the lunar node is a mathematical point in our chart. Um, The physical eclipse is, you know, when you see the moon and the sun moving in front of each other. So um, every year and a half to two years, the the lunar nodes shift into a new sign. So the past year and a half, I want to say, I want to say since like maybe May or June of last year, um, either end of May or mid early June. Um, we've been in the Sagittarius and Gemini uh, eclipse portal or whatever. So the North node has been traveling through the sign of Gemini and the South node, which is the opposite, um, has been traveling through Sagittarius. So with the solar eclipse that happened, um, what's the date? That was today's the fourth today's the yesterday, fourth. right? Yeah. So, um, you know, depending on your time zone on the West Coast, it was December 3rd at about 11.30 p.m. Um, if you're on the East Coast or, you know, elsewhere, um, it probably happened like very early in the morning, December 4th today um, that we're recording. So um, when the um, when the new moon or the full moon um, are conjunct, aligned, that node, that's when it becomes an eclipse. So with the sun and the moon in Sagittarius, um, it was next to the south node in Sagittarius, which is, you know, um, the polarity of Gemini, which is where a north node has been traveling. So um, it was the last eclipse in these two signs. So basically whatever we've been working on or dealing with for the past year and a half, is coming to a close right now um with the last yeah finally (laughs) um so we are closing out a cycle right now with this eclipse um 
whatever stories you've been living the past year and a half, it's like, if you haven't been, um, making action towards like making changes or you're feeling pressure in a certain area of your life, this is when, uh, looking at what house it's going on in, in your birth chart could be very telling, um, and like show you like the subjects that you've probably been dealing with, like, you know, the past year and a half, almost two years. Mm -hmm. Um, so with it being the last eclipse in these two signs, we are wrapping up this cycle. Um, the eclipse portal that you were talking about, um, two weeks ago, we had a full moon. Um, that was Aries or something. It was a full moon in Taurus. It was right at the end of Scorpio season. So that first eclipse in the sign of Taurus Scorpio polarity, you know, moon and Taurus sun and Scorpio for that one, that was a preview into the, what, into what the next year and a half, two years is going to look like for you. So think, think I back feel like, I was like, so, like it was hard. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. Stop, um, don't do <laughs> um, I'm manifesting a new time. Yeah. So like the past two weeks like you've might have had like really weird energy levels um my sleep has been fucked up like I was saying that <laughs> I don't know about you really bad insomnia yeah like um people are more likely to have crazy dreams right now um just low energy um a lot of people are feeling kind of like frantic and anxious and restless um because we've been in between this like eclipse portal um which we've now just closed out with this Sagittarius solar eclipse that we have just had today. So um, we are coming down from that eclipse. We are moving on. We're today's a good day to like kind of think about what you've learned the past year and a half. You know, like what you've learned about yourself. Um, think about like where you might want to like plant some new seeds for yourself, what you want to work on. Um, think about what you want to leave behind, whether that's people, places, ideas, like thought patterns. Um, for me, like the past year and a half, I've been really coming to terms with like, um, I guess like my energy and how I give it and how I feel drained a lot. So like my challenge has been like trying to find balance within taking time for myself as well as giving my time to other people and helping them out. Um, so I've been feeling really socially burnt out the past, you know, couple years. Um, it's been moving through like my 11th and my 12th house, which is, you know, the Aquarius and the Pisces kind of concepts that we talked about earlier. So, um, I've been reassessing my friendships, um, how I, um, process and express my, you know, thoughts and stuff with people. Um, and then taking more time for myself, tapping more into that 12th house energy and giving myself more solitude. Um, so that's You've really been diving a lot me. deeper into your spirituality. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Years. And the 12th house is very spiritual. So it's like, I've gotten even more into, you know, like we did spirit school together, um, in the beginning of the summer. And then yeah, I got my Reiki certification with you a couple months ago. Um, I've been, you know, doing more chart readings for people and like buying more books on astrology, um, practicing with like tarot for like astrological transits and stuff too, like kind of working new things in. So I've been going very into like those subjects and very much like spending a lot of time with myself and 
with this last eclipse, like it kind of showed me, it's like, okay, like, I feel like I've learned my lessons. Like I've left a lot of people and ideas in the past and now I'm ready to start a new chapter. Like, I feel like I've been on like a precipice onto like, you know, the next. We're having the same experience. Yeah, totally. Even so, though well, our charts are like opposite, but I feel like we're like very similar. Yeah, we are. Like, like our, um, but like yours is mostly fire and mine's like all air. Yeah. And um, I mean, elementally fire and air are opposite. So they complement each other. Um, when you put like fire and air together, it's like air Bigger fire. Yeah, you fan the flames of fire, <laughs> you know, or you could blow the fire out if you know. Um, it could go either way. So, or it could be a fire fucking tornado, which is an amazing uh thing that happens in Australia a lot. You should look there it up was if you've one, never seen there it. Was They're one, crazy. Um, here, like a <laughs> you maybe like, like a couple, couple years months ago, ago or, uh, yeah, maybe couple. last year or something yeah so um <laughs> elementally speaking you know uh it makes sense we're, we've been kind of going through similar things and stuff we're on that pathway mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think it's interesting too that those are kind of like the themes of what is coming up and like today um I just was editing like the podcast that's gonna come out this week um and just like that was kind of the whole gist of what the podcast was about so everyone can kind of hear that from different two different perspectives but just like (laughs) awesome to uh like reflect and see where we want to go next and Mm -hmm. I think like that is really good and timely for like this time of year anyway like yeah the new year mm-hmm. um for me like I always feel very much more connected to like bringing in that new year feeling when it's like September I don't know if it's just like from going to school for years <laughs> um but I know also like magically like the new year is usually around um Halloween and then mm-hmm. another traditions more around like spring equinox so it's like we always have these opportunities to begin again like it's so many different times but I think this is like a good a really good time of year for us to do that like because of that eclipse energy it really helps us like move forward and like um clear stuff out that might yeah. be more deeper like rooted within us it's definitely like <laughs> yeah pulling the roots out yes awesome well is there anything else you want to share with us um any other like suggestions for people who are kind of just getting started looking into astrology like any recommendations for them yeah um I mean I can kind of share like my journey what I did to learn astrology um I would love to go to the Portland School of Astrology but it's really expensive (laughs) um so I've been like self-taught um well, you and, never know someday, maybe. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm trying to manifest that for myself. I'm like putting well, that we're out putting it, we're universe. saying it on the podcast yeah. here. So it's been released. How about, how about you? I'm going to go to, so when I, when I go to the Portland school, yes. perfect, <laughs> much better. But, um, like a lot of the way that I learned was, um, just watching other astrologers, um, following people on YouTube, following people on Instagram. Um, I'm in a bunch of astrology groups on Facebook, um, where you can post your chart and people will like help you break it down, you know, like 
because we're all learning and like a lot of people like want to help you know there's just like with the internet there's going to be people who's like oh why are you posting this no one cares but then there's going to be someone who's like oh actually this is really interesting like can I message you like I'd like to talk about your moon like I've learned so much just from like connecting with random people on the internet and these astrology groups and like seeing what they're into and getting new perspectives um and then like there's tons of books um that I can recommend I'll send the links to grace um the astrology podcast that I mentioned earlier um that's the name of it it's on Spotify Apple whatever um I I really love that podcast um it can be like a little wordy (laughs) so it might not be like super interesting if you're just getting into it but if you're like super nerdy and want to know everything like I do like I love that podcast it's so informative and I learn so many new things every episode that I listen to that um also like even like as simple as like the astrology meme pages like some of them are very on point like you know just to get like a lighthearted easy way to like kind of get this information because like everybody learns differently you know like some people can't sit down and read because for whatever reason you know you don't have the time or your attention span just says, just like, nope just also you know? talked about this today yeah so, like uh, <laughs> being able to take in information like visually or audibly yeah in different ways so it's like people learn in different ways um there's also like courses you could take online um a lot of like the astrologers that I follow will do workshops for like the big astrological events. Um, like a couple of my favorites are Stillwater Alchemy on Instagram and YouTube. Um, the guy Matthew does like really beautiful transit reports every single week, and then he does. Is he the guy who does the signing? No, that's Chris Corsini. He was the next. I person. love that yeah, guy. I was going to recommend him next. I love him too. I but, like him um, a lot. They both kind of operate in a similar way. They do workshops, so like they'll they release like uh like the solar eclipse and Sagittarius workshop that just came out I took that right before we recorded I did the one with Chris Corsini um and like he'll do like a general reading for everybody just kind of saying like the mundane aspects of it how it's like working for everyone you know like on a universal level and then in order to figure out how that transit or event is affecting you specifically that's when you would look at your own chart and you'd say okay like the eclipse is in Sagittarius uh where does Sagittarius sit in my chart you know like and then we look at that chart and then you're like okay so it's in my 12th house so that's going to have to do with like spirituality and like internal work that I'm doing that's where mine was so um just for an example but um yeah i I think like any way you want to learn is great. Um, Even just like talking with friends about it, like it just, whatever makes it like interesting and like fun for you, really. Yeah, I think what can be fun too is like looking at, if you don't have like people's like charts to look at, like you could look at like celebrities and stuff and see how that like relates. Like, oh, let me look at Kim Kardashian's chart Mm -hmm. or whatever, just to like get like, kind of an idea of how those things show up yeah definitely yeah a lot of celebrity and like historical figures um have their birth charts up online um you could just type in you know like Britney Spears birth chart and then someone has already made the chart so you could look at it and then 
you know, go from there and see like similarities between, you know, your chart and other people in your lives charts once you start getting more into it. And you could see like how those things kind of like interconnect with each other that way. Yeah. So endless. I think for me, it's like interesting to see like these transits or whatever kind of is going on in the sky, because it's like, it really often gives me confirmation for like psychic insights I get because I'm like oh that's exactly what I received and then someone's Mm -hmm. like this is what's actually happening in the stars based on calculations and I'm like do it yeah (laughs) so it really for me has been a cool way to confirm stuff but it's so endless that like I really only know a tiny bit so this was really helpful for me to just get like more information and then like you know, definitely will look into like the houses and stuff for myself personally, but I think it will be interesting for people to start exploring if they haven't already. So again, if you guys have questions for Megan, you can reach out and yeah, anything else? Um, no, just, um, thanks for having me again. Um, uh, so funny we recorded this twice but I'm I'm feeling really good about this and um I kind of love that we're recording this second one on this eclipse which is closing a chapter you know like we tried to record this two months ago and it didn't work out and it was during the craziness of mercury retrograde um and you know it, it feels like really nice that we're like ending out the year kind of like finishing that little cycle that we created and trying to make this podcast work (laughs) yeah I'm excited too and I think you know there's always like some kind of reason for that so maybe this is um just a better conversation so yeah totally (laughs) I like to think that way too yes amazing well thank you Megan and I will see everyone next week bye bye love you bye